Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I just, I find that the way that the Extinction Rebellion is attacking people's day-to-day lives as perhaps not the best way to get a message across. They are no doubt achieving their goal of being heard. They're also taking people in their day-to-day lives, people who they need as allies, people who will probably agree with them, and pushing them up against a wall with nowhere to go. Really good point. So in Extinction Rebellion, this topic comes up all the time. G'day ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. It's really good to have you back. I'll be honest, okay, it's really good to have you there. If you want to listen to this on iTunes or Spotify, you can do that as well. And our Clips channel is also there if you want to digest these clips in smaller little bits. Don't forget to check that out, the link is down below. This show's an absolute cracker, but before we get stuck into it, we have today's sponsor. And today's sponsor, the good people at Lifecycle. They are back, absolute legends here. They look after the Buttsman, they look after this channel, so you should look after them. But what is Lifecycle? Ladies and gentlemen, they're all about natural parts of the world and giving that to the people through the beauty that is mushrooms. Now you may not know much about mushrooms, but the people at Life Cycle do. They have lots of different extracts. Let me just go through some of them if you may. They've got the reishi extract for when you're just looking to just calm it down a little bit, take a step off the pedal. And let me show you this one. They've got the cordyceps mushroom for ready. You're ready to get going, get after the day or get a bit Ready to go in the boudoir. The cordyceps is where it's at, ladies and gentlemen. The buttsman skulls a bit of this. He doesn't really. He takes the recommended amount. Turkey tail is one of the important ones, I really think. This one's really cool because it looks after your gut flora. Now, we talk a lot about on this podcast, and a lot of people are talking about your gut in the moment and the link between the guts and the brain. This is where turkey tail comes in. Don't worry about that, ladies and gentlemen. I've got my turkey tail happening. And the holy shiitake, ladies and gentlemen, look at this. Holy shiitake, it's all happening. This keeps my skin glistening, my nails pure, and me looking gorgeous for when I take the stage in front of the millions and millions of good motherfuckers all around the globe. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you this. If you go to this website right now, if you get stuck into life cycle, if you make it a part of your life like I have, head to the checkout code with a little coupon that says Buttsman10 and you'll get 10% off and you'll become a part of the Lifecycle family. And the other sponsor for today's podcast is Surfshark VPN. These guys have been with me for a long time and I trust them. Now, you need a VPN, okay? Let me just tell you that. When you're surfing the web, you're doing whatever, especially if you're using public Wi-Fi systems, you spend, believe it or not, you spend as much time sleeping as you do on the internet. And guess what? Most people aren't protected and that's when you need a VPN. They come in and they protect all your data that's going through these little tunnels in the interweb and all that stuff that nobody understands and they protect it. They're like a security guard. They say, Hey, mate, listen to your little soy boy trying to access me passwords and me credit card information. You bugger off, all right? You're not happening. Get out of here, right? Yeah. 
It also allows you to access TV shows on like Netflix and streaming services like that, which you can't access in Australia. It also works with YouTube when content is blocked in a certain country. That's just ridiculous, right? It's 2019. Let me access things, yeah? Well, now with Surfshark VPN, you can have your VPN in that particular country and you can access whatever you want. You can also use Surfshark VPN to save mobile data and quicken your browsing speeds. That is an absolutely incredible. You can block ads on your, uh, on your mobile device or your laptop. And what that actually does is increased the amount of speed that is associated with your connection. You can see things, you can load porn up heaps quicker. It's fantastic, all right, ladies and gentlemen. Now, if you're interested in Surfshark VPN, which I absolutely assure you you should be, you head right now to surfshark.deals forward slash Butterfield and hit the discount code Butterfield to get 83% off, yeah, and one month free right now. Surfshark VPN, good on yous. Ladies and gentlemen, today's podcast is... <laughs> it's with a person directly from the people at the Extinction Rebellion, ladies and gentlemen. The people standing in the middle of the street screaming and just annoying people. Uh, this gentleman was, uh, it was a fine person. We had a great chat. So please, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into it. This is my conversation with Paul Herman. Alrighty. G'day, mate. G'day. Oh, what's going on? Um... Well, I'm here to convince people to work with us and save the planet. Okay. And How's what, that? What group are you a part of? Um, Extinction Rebellion okay. is one, but I'm a part of other groups as well. So, yeah, I've I've had in some involvement with some other groups, and you know, I've donated money to some, you know, uh, funds as well. So, a few um, conservation funds. So where they're trying to preserve wildlife. Sure, mm. sure. And what are the, where are they based? Like what's what's the main sort of uh, focus? I know mainly Australian. Okay. <clears throat> so last Christmas instead of giving a useless present, I gave um, a donation to I don't know 20 bucks or something to the orangutan fund. So oh, that was that was outside of Australia. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. Very but nice. you know like I have a life outside of um, environmental pursuits as well, so Yeah. Mm. What is your what is your life outside of environmental pursuits? Um, I've got so I started my life my working life as a um, as an arborist. So okay. So quite a lot of that <coughs> is involved with cutting down trees in suburbia, and um, also just uh, it's tree care and tree removal. So trees grow big, mm. and um, so some, sometimes they, they, it just doesn't work in a in a urban environment maybe too big for you know the positions so. power lines all that type yeah, of yeah, stuff yeah, yeah 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 over roofs so yeah. i did that for 21 years and then um i came up here and i wanted to make my fortune and provide for my retirement and so i started buying land and i also <coughs> on russell island and also bought a couple of houses but uh, i was a bit too gung-ho and um the banks lent me more money than they should have. Mm -hmm. So I later found out that National Australia Bank fraudulently altered my loan application form. So when I fill out the form, they went and changed the figures later and increased the, the income by 700%. Really? This came out in the, the Banking Royal Commission. Wow. And they've got <clears> into <throat> trouble for doing a bit of that. And, Good. Um, yeah, and... So, so, you know, I had a, a health issue and um, 
that the property market turned and I wasn't able to keep paying. And then I was advised to get my a copy of my loan application forms from ANZ and National Bank. ANZ Bank increased my income by 400%, reduced my liabilities down to a quarter. Uh, wow. So I thought, look, I don't want to go bankrupt. I'll, yeah. I'll fight. But it's been a really long fight. Yeah. Uh, and you've continued that fight in other endeavours as well. Yes. So, yes. so tell me about the Extinction Rebellion. We're hearing a lot about those yeah. people. What is Because a lot of people are being held up in traffic. Uh, yeah. They're being having their days changed. Um, is that sort of the exact same uh, process that you follow? Are you a part of that sort of group? Yes. Um, <coughs> so, so we started a group down here in the Gold Coast. Um, but Brisbane had started quite a bit earlier. And I think that um, Extinction Rebellion in the UK started just over a year ago. So it's a very new organisation. And um, so, you know, we, we reckon that um, climate change, if it's allowed to continue, is going to cause a lot of disruption. And we want to bring that to the attention of the public. And we want to also um, have an influence on government. Because in my case, like I've been involved with the environmental movement over 30 years, and um, they don't give a shit. So if you're a voice, you know, wanting to preserve something, it's really, really hard to get government to listen if there's developers who are, for example, um, that's one example, who are paying the, um, um, you know, the election election funding, so sure. giving political donations. Money wins at the end yeah. of the day. And that's what's the problem right through this issue because we've got foreign, um, foreign miners like Adani is an Indian miner and they're paying political donations to the Queensland government, to the federal government. <coughs> and um, uh, our governments are doing their bidding, not the bidding of the people or not what's best for the people they're doing the bidding of the, the miners. And that's disgusting. Mm. That's not de democracy. That's some sort of, I don't know what the hell it is, but it's um, it's corrupt. Okay. Which is terrible. Yeah, absolutely, uh, absolutely. I, mean, I think we find that in a lot of different things, mm. not just environmental stuff. But um, now, I sort of want to ask straight off the bat, mm. uh, with the Extinction Rebellion, I am not a climate change denier right. at all. I think that's a bit of a dirty word. I think we should yeah. be able to question things. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, I'm not a uh, activist. No. I'm one of these people that thinks... You are a bit. In what respect? Oh, I think, you know, listening to your podcast. So I think that, you know, you, you care passionately about certain issues, about men's issues. Yep. And I think that that's... You know, I, I think that if the public gets more involved the less corrupt politicians we're going to have. Sure. You have an influence on... And I absolutely society. do not disagree with it for a second that, mm. that the, the government is corrupt. Mm. Every government in the world is corrupt. Mm. They're pigs. Money wins at yeah. the end of the day. I just I find that the way that the Extinction Rebellion is attacking people's day-to-day -day lives yeah. as perhaps not the best way to get a message across. Yeah. They are no doubt achieving their goal of being heard. Mm. 
they're also taking people in their day-to-day lives, people who they need as allies, people who will probably agree with them, and pushing them up against a wall with nowhere to go. And I feel that a lot of people in that situation, and I've certainly felt this with some of the uh, crusades, if you will, that I've been on, then when you put people in that situation, all they seem to do is retaliate. Mm. They close, they have blinders on, they stop listening to what people have to say, and they, for lack of a better term, hate the idea, they hate mm. the group that is that is bringing that on. And when you're standing in front of people's cars, when you're blocking mm. off streets, people don't think about the climate change. They just think about the people that are doing that, and then they associate that with the, uh, with the work that you're trying to do yeah. and the message you're trying to put out and they don't want to listen. Mm. Really good point. So in Extinction (coughs) Rebellion, this topic comes up all the time. So, and, you know, I I went along to a meeting and I argued really strongly that that, that this shouldn't, like roadblocking, shouldn't be such a big focus. And, um, you know, I guess personally I've waxed and waned with it it as an issue, but... um, and and down on the Gold Coast, we're less likely to do roadblocks. Yeah. So we're just not as quite as enthusiastic about it. But you know, there's a lot of other tactics that um, you know I think that that do bring on board the community. But I would say that you know it's been I think outrageously successful for Extinction Rebellion. I don't know if we want to continue doing it, but. Um, uh, the, the amount of publicity has been amazing. Like during, we had a <clears throat> um, rebellion week and there was just amazing media coverage, which, you know. But people hate yeah. you. They do. Yeah, look. People are, people are yeah, angry and they don't, they don't hate you yeah. on a personal level. Yeah. I'm not, not, not suggesting that well, for a second. Well, some of them do and it, it is really personal. You know, you, you've got a, a social media presence and and you know with certain issues that they're, they're very controversial but and so do we so you know I've seen probably over the last few months that the coal industry people so some of them are, are trolls you know so some of them are are really backed by the coal industry um, with fake news and fake science I don't mean to jump all over the place but no no go this for is it. an example of um, bullshit that the coal industry is putting out. So this is saying the worldwide coal plants, yeah. here's a number of coal plants, uh, coal-powered plants today. Yeah. The EU has 468 plants, building 27 more. If you go down the bottom, it's got Australia, and I think okay. Australia's got six and we're going to close the lot of them. But if you go back up and have a look at the Philippines, it's got 19 yep. and they're building 60 more. Now, does that, does that sound like it's true? Why would the Philippines build another 60 coal-fired power plants oh, well, at I, the moment? I have no idea. I, I know nothing I mean, about the Philippines. Well, it's not do I, but it's obviously bullshit. Why would they build 60 power plants? Well, I don't know. And have a look but, at all the statistics there. They're just, it's fake news. But how can you, I'm not, I don't know anything about mm. the Philippines and you just mm. said you don't either. How do mm. you know that this is fake news? Looks, looks I guess with, as a, you know, with science, yeah. you're sceptical. And I start from a point of skepticism. And you're allowed to be sceptical. I'm not saying you shouldn't I'm be sceptical. I'm starting a, as a point from a point of being sceptical. For, for the Philippines, which is generally a smaller country than yeah. a lot of these, that is a lot of power plants. Yeah. But you can't say that that's not going to happen. In Increasing them by 
but do we have any evidence yeah. that says it's not happening? Look, if you have evidence that's saying it's not happening, yeah. then okay, it's not happening. I'm just suggesting it. That might be fake news. But it may be. Yeah. But you said it is. We get a lot of that sort of stuff. And some of it, um, you know, like I can, I can demonstrate that it's fake. This one? Uh, not that one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not saying you're wrong. Yeah. I'm just saying that if we're going to go around What do you reckon, that, though? I don't know. I don't know anything about uh, coal power plants. Yeah. 16, 60 sounds like a lot. Yeah. In what? The um, In how many years are they planning this? In, well, it says building. Building? Th an extra 300%. But is that over 10 years? Is that over 20 years? I don't know. I don't know. But to use that as a piece of evidence. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll give you another example. Okay. So there's a there's a... A geologist called Ian Plimmer. Yes. And he's um, he said that uh, the um, the amount of energy that you've got to put in to build a wind farm or a solar farm is uh, more than the energy that they will produce. Now, if that was the case, the more wind farms you you build and the more um, solar farms, or solar on the roofs, that you produce, you'd have to have more coal-fired power stations, but we're, we're closing them down. So um, in England, they're hard, they've, they've actually gone coal-free for a couple of weeks, so they're not burning any coal. Yeah. And they've got, a, you know, uh, they've got a lot of wind farms, so they've... They're um, producing a lot of wind farms, building a lot of wind farms. And I, I agree that mm. reducing the amount of coal being mm. burned and released into the atmosphere, fossil fuels, yeah. I agree. But from a regardless of any science, mm. you don't want to be breathing in shit, yeah, right? Sure. That makes absolute sense. Absolute mm. sense. And I think that makes absolute sense to anyone. Mm. I think the argument with the wind farms and the solar, and the solar like perhaps the technology is just not quite there. And it, sh and it wow. should... Okay. What do I'm you glad. Got? I'm glad you brought up that topic because okay. um, this is this is the cost for, to produce power from wind and solar. So okay. it's can you actually, explain? Can you explain yep. what the, uh, the what the costs are as well? This is coal. Yep. Okay. So it's about half. So that the power generated from coal costs about twice as much. Okay. But the advantage of coal is that. You can burn it at night, which you, you can't do with solar. Sure. With wind, you know, the wind blows sometimes at night too, so it's a little bit better. But if you bring in batteries, then the the wind is, or no, not with batteries, you, you've got to have um, pumped hydro. So it's where you pump water up. So when <coughs> the wind's blowing, you pump water up the hill. Mm. And then when the wind stops blowing, you let the water down sure. and it drives a turbine. Mm -hmm. So, and that produces your electricity. So with pumped hydro, wind farms come in just under coal. Okay. And that's with the, the technology that we've got. And it's getting cheaper. So does that, that takes into account the, uh, the- Cost the, of construction. Cost of construction, yeah. logistics, all that type yeah. of stuff. Okay, that's a very yeah. interesting start. Yeah. So that's suggesting that the, the, the technology is there. Technology is <coughs> absolutely there. So storage is, is you know, the difficulty that renewables has had. Is that the big problem now, the storage of no, energy? No, not anymore, because we can do pumped hydro. 
We can also do batteries. So batteries are, the cost of batteries is coming down all the time. Batteries are now viable. There's um, a dirty great big battery that's going into Canberra, into the ACT. Um, there's a dirty great big one in, um, uh, in South Australia and another one planned, I think. So, um, and pumped hydro. So, so building dams where you pump water up, that's a, that's a great mm, option. Absolutely. Hydrogen is another one. So, so with solar if, or wind, you can break water atoms into oxygen and hydrogen. And then when the wind stops or the sun goes down, you can reburn that hydrogen. Okay. You can get methane off tips. So that's another thing that you could be using at night. How do you get methane off the Just tips? Just pipe off the, the methane from the, the tip. Okay. So they put pipes underground and um, collect it and then run a, um, a combustion engine. Okay. At night, so yeah. Okay. Does that combustion engine have fuel, not fuel, uh, pollutants yeah, in the atmosphere? Yeah, yeah, so it produces CO2 too. But the thing is that methane's about 100 times worse. So you're, you're collecting a really bad okay. um, fossil, well, it's not a fossil fuel, but it's a, well, it's, it is a, it's becoming fossilized, I guess. Um, so it's breaking down and it, it uh, produces methane. Mm -hmm. So as it breaks down, it produces methane and you collect the methane and burn it. Okay. So this, this evidence here from uh, RMIT yeah. is suggesting that it is not only beneficial but cheaper mm. to run solar and wind. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Now, I don't know anything about that mm. at all. I'm taking it from RMIT. They're the experts. Okay, yeah. cool. That sounds good. So yeah. why aren't we doing that? Because of corruption. Is it just corruption? Because um, why wouldn't people be jumping into this as well? Like if they can save money, yeah. if they can make more money from mm. selling the exact same product at the, at, the, at the exact same price but less money mm. be, having to be invested into it, wouldn't people be doing that to save their bottom line? Yep, um, and, and they are. So, you, so householders are <coughs> um, putting a lot of solar onto roofs um, and the, I think Australia's, you know, probably the, I think that they're the biggest, I think actually the Prime Minister was saying that we've got the highest amount of solar on roofs. And it's a sunny country, so it makes sense. And I've got solar on my roof and, um, you know, it takes about four or five years or maybe six years to, to pay off the solar. And after that, you've got free electricity. Wind is generally, you know, big commercial operations and there's a lot of the investment happening right around the, the world with wind. Okay. So right through Europe, Tasmania, south, the south end of Australia is um, getting a lot of wind farms. Mm. So, you know, the thing is that the government could be doing more and, you know, the, the government is not very enthusiastic about wind farms. They say that they're ugly. The, the quite often Liberal Party members have said that they're ugly. Not that, um, you know, a, a coal-fired coal -fired power station is beautiful. Um, I don't think that wind farms are particularly ugly, but, um, you know, they're um, certainly producing uh, power with much less emissions. Mm. 
So there is some emissions in the construction, but um, you know, obviously, once it's constructed and once it's installed, um, there's, there's no emissions there. Okay. Whereas with coal, you've got to dig it up, you've got to transport it, you've got to burn <coughs> it, and then you've got to clean up after you know all the mess. So you've got to clean up the um, the smoke. So the smoke comes out, and you've got to collect. Um, what what they can, but some of some of the emissions from a coal fired power station they can't collect because it's too fine or it's too hard to collect, and you know that's killing people who are downwind from a power station, or people in um, Beijing or you know so, some of those. So what happens if you know you're not in Australia and you have yeah. a country that isn't perhaps let's say England and. There's yeah. not that much sunshine there. How mm. does it, or if it's not very windy yeah. for perhaps a couple of weeks, it's just yeah. for whatever reason it's not that windy. Mm. What happens then? Um, well, there's a few things. So uh, we could sell them hydrogen, so that'd be one thing. They also it still put install solar, but it's not as you know they're not going to get as much electricity from it. When you say sell hydrogen, as in sell the gas, yes. How do you get the gas there? So you, you run electricity through water yeah, and um, uh, it'll bubble. Yes. And you get at one connection, you get uh, oxygen yep. and at the other, you get hydrogen. So you just collect the hydrogen. No, sorry. I mean, yeah. how do you get the hydrogen to the people in England? Go stick it in a ship. Okay. And you've got to transport it. Yeah. So that, that, that there and there comes some emissions there. Obviously. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the, the way to handle that is to offset it. So you can plant <coughs> forests and, and collect the the, um, the CO2 out of the atmosphere that way. Okay, okay. And it's good for wildlife. Do you think maybe with the Extinction Rebellion, maybe we should be trying to, or they should be trying to encourage people to plant more trees? Yeah. And, and some, there's lots of different group, little subgroups in... Extinction Rebellion, and some people are really focused on that. Like, what if they planted a million trees? Mm, be great. And 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 that's a positive yeah. news story. It is. People see these guys doing that. And they go, "Wow, that's awesome. That's fantastic. Mm. Maybe I should plant a tree or mm. a couple of trees, or maybe I'm going to give them some money so they can mm. plant some more trees to take that CO2 out of yeah. the air." Look, it's a great idea, and we need to be doing these sorts of things. But we also need to stop burning coal. Yeah. And, you know, if we keep burning coal, we're going to have temperature rising. We're going to have acidification of oceans so that, um, you know, that makes it difficult for coral. It's not adapted to very high CO2 and (coughs) very acid oceans. So, so, and, and I don't disagree with any of that. I don't. I'm obviously not a scientist, but from mm. what I've read, oh, it sounds my. absolutely. It sounds like something mm. that is obvious mm. when you put shit into the atmosphere. Mm. So, my point in all of this isn't to disagree with you. It's just yeah. to say that I think that the way that Extinction Rebellion are operating yeah. and trying to get people to listen is not only not working. Mm. It may be working now, but it's putting people mm. against you. I think you'll find more people will become climate change, anti-climate change, yeah. if you will, rather than sitting down and listening and going, yes, we need to listen to these people. I think it's bringing it into the discussion. So, so you know, you um, contacted Extinction Rebellion and, and wanted to hear what, you know, what, why they're doing what they're doing. So, 
you know, that's been fantastic. And you may be well right. Okay, so it may be a self-defeating tactic. And, um, you know, it's a debate that will, you know, keep going. Of course. With Extinction Rebellion. But um, the thing is, is that we are conducting, I guess, a rebellion because governments aren't listening. And I think that, you know, that that Australians can't trust their government to do the right thing by the people. Mm. That's terrible. Mm. You know, why, why, is, why do we have this situation where for, like I, it was just a statistic that I read, that um, the coal industry is giving the federal government $900,000 in political donations. <clears throat> that is so little compared to the damage that it's doing. So the damage to the Great Barrier Reef, um, the damage to uh, you know the fishing industry, tourism industry. You know, if we have a storm, th- this this property here could flood from memory. I'm just trying to remember the the flood maps, but I think it's in a flood zone. So you know, it's a big cost to the people in the street. You know, climate change is going to impact all of us, mm. and it could be really terrible. It could be. You know, in those fires that we had for six days here, um, you know, the, the whole of the Gold Coast was blanketed in really heavy smoke and it really affected me. And it, um, I spoke to my doctor and he had a heap of people mm. who were coming in with respiratory difficulty. And, you know, people will die from that. I, I'm assuming that people did die elderly people or infants that are really prone because it made me really sick for, you know, six days and and a few days after. We've just had the same thing in Newcastle where I'm from. There's bad fires and and it's coded for a number of days. And once again, I don't disagree with you. I I just, I want to know from your point of view as part of the the Gold Coast faction of Extinction Rebellion, do you disagree with the tactics of standing in the middle of the road and, 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 and jumping on the top of trains and hanging yeah. off bridges and yeah. basically ruining people's days mm. to get attention. Well, you know, I mean, the obvious, well, an answer that you could have to that is that a flood, a bad storm on the Gold Coast is going to ruin more than a person's day. So, you, you know, I'm really keen to bring the community with us. And... The only thing that I can say is, yes, maybe Extinction Rebellion will decide that it's not a tactic that we want to keep going with. But, um, you know, it's a tactic they've started with and it's a tactic that's been really successful in getting the, the message out. And sitting in the traffic for 10 minutes, you know, that that's inconvenient. Mm. But people hate floods. Yeah. They don't want to think about floods. No. They might have to. They might have to. Yeah. But people also don't want to think about climate change now because Mm. it is annoying them. They're sick Mm. of hearing about it. I think they are. Yeah, maybe. I I absolutely Mm. can tell you they are. Mm. Like I'm someone who Mm. reads this stuff and goes, holy shit, we need to Mm. do something. People need to put more money into this. Okay, we obviously need to stop using fossil fuels over the next X amount of years. Yeah. But and you, si- you can't do that either. So, so with, you need government policy mm. to, to help you if you want to do the right thing, to 
come on board and, and are, are there politicians involved with Extinction Rebellion? Are they running for yeah. political parties? You know, obviously, they... there's the Greens. So the, the Greens have been banging on about this for for thirty years, but no one takes the Greens seriously. I know, and why is that? Because they're batshit. Really? Half the, because, okay, they have yeah. great ideas. Fifty yeah. percent of the ideas are great. Fifty percent are terrible. Yeah, maybe you're plastic right. straws, <laughs> plastic straw, paper yeah. straws. Yeah, I'm off it. Are you? I'm a climate change yeah. denier now because of plastic <laughs> paper straws. That is ruining my life. Yeah. Okay, but I'm yeah, happy to put them in the noses of yeah. penguins or possums yeah. or whatever. Just it's, give me back a plastic bloody straw. It's hard on life, like, you know, wildlife. I don't know what we can do. You know, maybe we can get, I don't know, something else. Actually, but, you know yeah. what? I was overseas recently. They mm. had. Uh, Penne, not penne pasta. What pasta was it? A sort of mm. pasta they were using as a straw. Yeah. Which I thought was a That's great good. idea. Yeah. Yeah. We'll come up with something. Yeah. And maybe we'll come up with a, a plastic that, uh, um, and this is what we should be f- more focused on, is plastics that break down in the environment. Because the trouble with pr- plastics is they, they're they there for um, 500 years. Yes. So about 500 years. So, you, it, you know, and you can make plastics out of a lot of um, material like, uh, I think, um, they're making it out of banana plants. So when they cut down a banana plant, I think the plant can be t- used to make plastics. Sure. So we need to be coming up with <coughs> solutions like that. But the other reason I would say that the Greens have been on the nose is because for 30 years, the Murdoch press has run a campaign against them. Okay. So you, And the Murdoch press is taking money from... The, the mining industry, so the coal miners, and the Murdoch press doesn't pay tax. So there's a big issue with, and, it's, and it goes around Facebook fairly regularly, the number of big corporations like the News Corp mm. that don't pay tax. Mm. They're ripping off you and me. Now, yeah. I, I, I know a lot of people when you start saying, oh, you've got to trust mm. what you read in the paper. You can't mm. trust everything you read in the papers and you've got to realise there's a business mm. behind it. But... I had that early on where my old man was uh, the head of a union mm. and the the Murdoch press, the News Corp, went out and said outlandish things mm. that were absolutely not true. And now it's happened to me in the past mm. uh, with things that I've said on stage or, or, or whatever. Yeah. And people come out and they say outrageous things and you know it's fake within yourself and you mm. think to yourself, okay, this is like what else is fake news, so mm. to speak? Like what other bullshit are they coming out yeah. with? Or what other are they trying to... Um, who, who are they trying to, what donors, what, mm. uh, uh, what people involved in their corporation are they trying to make mm. uh, either give them a fo- foot forward? Are they mm. trying to help them out? What are they trying to do here? It really mm. does open your eyes. And, but, but when you say oh, you need to you know, understand that News Corp are doing this, people switch off yeah. and it's unfortunate. Mm. But that is an absolute truth. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think that um, it's important that we have a media that we can trust. <clears throat> and um, and it's a big issue at the moment. So you know, with fake news. But if you've got a media organisation that is deliberately um, spreading deceptive information for the benefit of the mining industry and for the detriment of the people of Australia, that's a betrayal. I think that is disgusting. And you know, our prime minister is doing that. So he's betraying the the people of Australia <coughs> for for the benefit of the mining industry. And you've got a, a generation of kids that are coming up and um, uh, they're seeing that they're inheriting a world 
which is in a bloody mess. You know, and it's climate is part of it. But, you know, things like, you know, wars that are going on for 30 years. We've had um, Australian troops in in the Middle East for nearly 30 years. I mean, what the hell is with that? Mm. And I think it's a, a sign of corruption. I mean, that's really good for the arms industry. It's not good for, you know, if you've got a family member who gets killed over there. And, you know, young people are worried about the fact that we've lost 50% of the coral on the Great Barrier Reef and that we're going to lose between 70 and 90% if we hit 1.5 degrees of warming above you know, the pre-industrial levels. Um, and you know, they've, they've got to find solutions. They're young people who've got to find solutions to repairing the damage. Are you referring to like the school strikes and yeah, all those types of stuff? Yeah. Do you think the kids really care? I think that the kids are better educated than their parents because oh. it's fresh in their mind. You know, they're learning science, they're learning physics, they're learning biology in school. Yeah. So it's fresh in their minds. And, you know, when you get older, you forget a lot of that stuff. And I, and I think that, um, you know, you, you see stuff in, when they see stuff in the media, and when they see stuff, you know, on, on TV or maybe their parents watch the ABC. And, you know, there's quite a, there's a lot of science on the ABC. I watch a lot of it. And, you know, I, I, I guess when I was growing up, there was the threat of um, nuclear war. And, and that, again, that was another horrible thing that we had to think about, you know, and it, it hasn't gone away, but, it, you know, mm. You know, it would be great to leave the planet the way we found it, you know, the way we came into the world. Hmm. Is that possible, though? Yeah, it is. So, <laughs> and, you know, the, the do you, tech... Do you really think that hmm. that's possible? Like, how do we... How do we yeah. Without the government putting money into yeah. uh, electric cars, without yeah. changing ships into and having electric planes and all that type of stuff, hmm. like, that's where a lot of fossil fuels coming from, hmm. burning petrol. Yeah. How do you change that? Well, particularly I know with yeah. Extinction Rebellion, when you want uh, you have a target of zero by twenty twenty five. Yeah, and if you had a, a government that was really committed to it, that that's easily doable. I reckon Th this is just my opinion. Um, I, I think that we could do it quicker than that. But you know, first of all, we need to <coughs> shift the political conversation first. You know, we. So yeah. what do you do with people's jobs who are in, in coal? Now, I, I, yeah. in saying that, I think that at, at, at some point in time in a lot of jobs, yeah. too bad, the world's yeah, moved on. that's right. But in, in five years, between now yeah. and 2025, 2025 mm. what do you do with the unemployment so in Australia? So all of the environmental groups, including Extinction Rebellion, have said that we need to have... Um, a just transition for people in the coal industry. So, you know, we need to invest in their future. And one of the, the obvious things that we could be doing is we could be doing um, conservation work in these areas. So a lot of coal mines are in the centre of Australia or, you know, inland anyway. And um, a lot of those areas could have federal funding to rehabilitate areas that... Um, where there's wildlife, where there's um, really 
serious extinction threats. So, um, and that's a big thing with Extinction Rebellion is that we're facing the sixth mass extinction. So in the past on planet Earth, you know, a meteor has hit and wiped <laughs> out much of the life. Human activity now is causing a lot of extinctions. And in Australia, it's, it's a really big concern um, with a lot of species that are, and, and their habitats that are, you know, and other plants and animals that might be dependent on, on a single species, losing those species. Hmm. What was your question? Um, oh, with, yeah, yeah. With the miners, yeah. like, okay, mm. so you, you put those people to work. But yeah. who funds that? The federal government. But yeah. where does the money come from yeah. from that? If they don't have money coming in from the coal tax, all that yeah. type of stuff, where it, does the money come it's, from? That's such a good question. I'm glad you asked that question because... You know, why the fuck in Australia are we so dependent on, on mining and so dependent on immigration? You know, the, the two big industries we've got here is um, property, you know, property development and mining. Why don't we have cutting edge new industries that, that the government could help to encourage and, and the, the federal government's not doing that because the coal industry doesn't want it to? So invest in new technologies, new industries. We've got so many advantages in this country. We've got heaps of lithium. So I think that we're, I think we're, we're the best, we've got the most lithium that, that can be mined in, in any country. So there's some in South America as well and other places. But so we've got natural advantages. We've got advantages that it's a really sunny country and so we can produce hydrogen. We can stick it in a ship and we can send it off to countries like China or Japan or Europe that, that don't have some of the um, advantages that we, they don't have the sun or it's colder. <coughs> with, with, the, with the, um, the, the solar technology, all of that is built out of aluminium, I assume. And even with lithium, yeah. you have to get those out of the ground. Yeah, absolutely. So that's... You know, what I'm saying is... It causes is, pollution too. Yes. So, so you, you know, we've got to be sustainable. So, you know, we might dirt a, dig a dirty, great big hole, but if as a country we're reforesting Australia, you know, I, I think that that's acceptable. You know, we do have some needs. And, you know, I, I think, you know, we're going to have to burn coal for a bit longer. It's going to be a while because hydrogen technology is new and it's going to take, you know, perhaps decades to get um, hydrogen to really take over from coal. And I don't have a problem with that. I, look, what I want to do is I want to make sure the, the Great Barrier Reef is okay. And, um, you know, um, David Attenborough says that, you know, we're in danger of losing the reef We'll lose it if it goes to two degrees. And there's science on all of that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I just listen to scientists. I watch docos and um, I listen to what they have to say. And, uh, yeah. And, and, and as I said before, I, I, I agree with everything you're mm. saying. I just disagree with the, the, the way it is being mm. um, spread amongst the public. Yeah. I just think there's better ways to do it. Yeah. Well, you're not alone. And um, inside Extinction Rebellion, not alone. I feel like you're yeah. against it. 
I have been. So I've argued strongly against that policy, but I've had to think about it. And I think that if we were to block the roads at say Palm Beach for 10 minutes and inconvenience people for 10 minutes or half an hour to get into the media, that, that Palm Beach is really in danger of, you know, having floodwaters up to the roof. You know, you, people have got to think about that. And it's, their home is a big investment. Mm. So if they, you know, have their, lose their contents and lose a lot of value off their home, and if that happens more often, because storms tend to come in groups, they, they tend to, you tend to go through a stormy phase and a, and a, a, um, a, a less stormy phase. So, mm. you know, it could be devastating to somebody who's worked all their life to pay off their home and... Um, maybe they need to move for a job and it just doesn't have the value anymore. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think that, I don't think that 10 minute uh, blockage is correct. I think yeah. it's a lot longer than that. Yeah. I think I think it's more invasive than that. Yeah. I think it's at peak hour, which yeah. endangers people's jobs. I think yeah. it, it gets people off, off, off on the wrong side of it yeah. at all. And people who aren't even being affected by it. Like I'm in mm. Newcastle, I haven't been affected by it, but I hear about it on the news mm. and now Extinction Rebellion has become the enemy. Yeah. Mm. I don't think that's good, man. Yeah. I think that's bad. Mm. I think you're, you're doing a good thing. You're trying mm. to save the planet. Wonderful. Thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. But you're carrying yeah. on like fuckwits. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, we, we blocked a bridge in Brisbane and it was blocked probably for about three or four hours. So it's not the only entry and exit to Brisbane. But, you know, it's a decision that um, people, I won't be making it. Um, you know, I think you've got some support. I can't say anything else. You know, it's something that we're evaluating and there's a lot of other tactics that we can use. You know, we can... Um, directly communicate a lot more with politicians. And that's something that I want to do, you know. So, you know, if we protest and, and, you know, make a really visual presence outside Parliament House, it it may get, you know, quite a lot of media and it it may um, put more pressure on the politicians. So, you know, it's maybe a better tactic and maybe we'll switch across to that. I don't know. So So I I gained... A million people to follow this channel mm. by basically talking shit about vegan people. Yeah, I think if you can go after people and tell people like yeah. this, the, given the scientific facts, mm. talk to them on the level that people want to talk yeah. on that level, person to person. Yeah, because at the moment it seems like it's extinction rebellion against people who are trying to get to work. Yeah, talk to them. Yeah, give them the information they need. Have it in a digestible, mm. entertaining way that people will stay on and mm. give them. Uh, they're at full attention. Yeah. Uh, is that not the more appropriate way to go about these Perhaps. type of things? Because yeah. we're, we're in a society now where people mm. are dying for information on things. Yeah. They want to jump into groups, mm. much like Extinction Rebellion. Mm. And I find this with a lot of groups like the Feminism March, uh, vegan movements, mm. things like that. People just want to belong to something. Yeah. So they see the Extinction Rebellion, they go, right, I'm going to belong to that. Mm. They start gluing themselves to the road, which is, all right, whatever. If you want to glue yourself to the road, go ahead. It's also, I think it gets across the sense of desperation that we feel. So in Extinction Rebellion, there's a lot of people who are scientists. Um, you know, I think it would probably be a higher percentage than, than in the general population. But, you know, I think that a lot of people work in conservation and I'll, 
I'll tell you about one of our members who's a young woman and with the fires, she had to go up and uh, fight the fires. So she was in the CFA and uh, so she was fighting fires, you know, for 12 hours a day without proper breathing apparatus. So she's breathing the smoke about six days in a row. I don't know if she did every single day, but she was getting paid for, I think, eight hours. So she wasn't getting paid for overtime. You know, she came back and she went up and, and blockaded a road because she doesn't want to, I don't think she wants to be doing that. And I don't think that the, the next generation want to be doing more of that. I'm not saying that fires don't happen, but, you know, the severity of fires, and these are the worst we've had, young people don't want to be doing that. She was locked up for the night and uh, given a $300 fine, and she felt good about doing that. She wanted to do that. And school kids are wanting to take, you know, to Days strike. Days off school. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I would have been at that rally too. I would have Go been at that you. rally too. I wouldn't yeah, have given I a shit. Too. I would have just been like, a day yeah. off, all right, that'll yeah. do. You know, and I think I don't I don't disagree. I think some kids are wanting to do good. And I think it's a very noble cause that people want to, particularly when they're young, they want to get yeah. out there. They want to save the world. Mm. And unfortunately, a lot of people get to the point where they get a bit old. They go, oh, it's too hard. Yeah. They give up. Yeah. I think there's a lot of things that need to be sorted out in this world. Yeah. And the environment is definitely one of them. I think we need to move away from coal. I absolutely think we need to do that. But mm. it's going to take a long time and it's going to take a lot of work. Mm. And I don't think that blocking buildings and blocking roads and bridges is the best way to take that foot yeah. forward. I think well, there's other ways to do it. And I, I, know, I know I keep it's, going. It's one on. year old. So the, 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 <clears throat> the Extinction Rebellion is just over one year old. So, you know, give it time and, and you know, the way they go about doing things may be different. What are your thoughts on Greta Thunberg? Well, I think that's a great question. Again, because um, I think she's really interesting and some of her speeches, like I've watched them and I've just... It's, um, she's, she's, you know, I've been stunned by her speeches and, you know, I, I like watching some of the orators. So there was recently a, um, a doco on Adolf Hitler and he's an amazing orator, <laughs> totally yes, evil. Absolutely. But an amazing orator. But, um, I don't want to pe- compare the two, but, uh, <laughs> Greta, um, you know, I, I think that, that one of the, her strengths is, you know, the, a lot of talk about her Asperger's. And I thought, oh, maybe she had a speechwriter. But somebody <coughs> said, no, she's really blunt. Those speeches are so blunt. And, um, you know, I, I think that they, she has written the speeches. And I think that she's expressing the grief or some of the the disillusionment with her parents' generation and her grandparents' generation that are leaving a world that's um, really troubled. You know, like politically it's troubled. You know, the, the climate change issue, it's troubled. You know, we should have, after the end of the Cold War, we should have had um, warfare. We should have seen the end of war. Why are we still got wars? There's always been wars. Yeah, but do we need to, to keep doing this? We're tribalistic people. Everyone hates mm. everyone. You don't trust people. That's why uh, there's problems. That's, I think that's the general reason for racism is because people uh, are tribalistic. And it's this weird trust thing. But you and me, we're getting along all right so far. So Yeah. What, what and, you, and, you <laughs> know, I, I, if, I would be interested to see 
you actually interview somebody who's, who, you know, like um, Clementine. <laughs> I really want to interview Clementine. <laughs> Do you? I'm absolutely uh, open to that. Yeah. Because a lot of the things that she might believe, I probably believe as well. Yeah. But it's just, the, it's just often it's the delivery. Yeah. And the thing with, with the Clementine yeah. is a lot of the things that she says is often disputed very yeah. heavily. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, and and she's just not a very nice person. But I'd love to have a conversation yeah. with have her. You, have you read her book or have you seen her I read? don't really like hang around mm. the fiction section too much. No, yeah. but <laughs> it's I, not um, fiction. Well, I mean, that's debatable. No, no um, her, her first book is Fight Like a Girl. And, yes. <laughs> Are you a Clementine fan? No. Are you a closet Clementine fan? Yes and no. The Extinction because, Rebellion supports because, Clementine No way. <laughs> Look, I, I can't speak for, I must say that I can't speak for um, Extinction Rebellion totally. So so some of the time I'm happy to speak for them. But That's not, where you not drew all the line about Clementine. No, yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> but the, the thing about her is, like I was listening to her on the ABC, as you do, and... Um, and I, she she was just so ruthless in the way she tackled me. And I thought, oh, my goodness. And, like, I was having trouble with the banks. And I thought, I'll have to have a listen to that, read the book. Or, you know, I, I got it on YouTube. And, uh, you know, some of those tactics work quite nicely yeah, with the, banks. And, and they do. She so, The thing with Clementine is she's very ruthless. Yeah. But then if the tables turn on her and yeah. someone's ruthless to her, she appeals yeah. for support. Yeah. I think she just needs a good hug. I don't know. She's 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 hurting. Like you know, if you read her story, you know, it it it's hard not to have some compassion for her and to understand where her anger comes from. Man, Clementine We're and probably all and I, humid. we'd yeah. probably get along on a yeah. personal level. Yeah. We probably would. Like I, I don't find that there's many people I don't get along with mm. on a personal level, regardless of your beliefs or anything mm. like that. Like I'm polite to everyone, and if you're mm. polite to me, then we're going to have a general discourse that yeah. is polite. Um, yeah. I just disagree on some of the things that she, yeah. well, most of the things that she yeah. uh, believes wholeheartedly, and that is her yeah. religion now. Yeah, and that's fine. I think that's that's just part of part yeah. of life. My point with the tribal is tribalistic sort of thing is when you have these big groups of people. And there's no sort of, there's this dispersion of responsibility. You don't yeah. have to really worry about what happens over here, mm. over there. If, if we were in a small tribe, there's mm. four of us in this room right now. Mm. If this was a tribe, there wouldn't be any wars. Mm. There wouldn't be any racism, sexism, or anything like mm. that. Because we're so close. There's this, everyone has this ability yeah. and this need to sort of, okay, look after the people near each other. But when you have mm. a big group, that's when all these wars come in. And they yeah. come in because of whether it's political. I think it's making money. It's about Political making disruption. money. Absolutely. Who the hell? Who the fuck wants to go to war? Who? Who the hell wants to send their kids off to war? No one does. It's okay. Maybe different because of the in World War Two. Mm. Yeah, maybe absolutely. That's different. But now the military-industrial complex mm. is the, one of the biggest businesses in America. Huh. They make an absolute fortune. We'd solve all our problems in if two or have, three weeks with the money from. If you invested that money yeah, into someone else, and that's probably where you need to put it mm. instead of war, instead mm. of. Make, you know, don't get me wrong, defence is important, obviously. Absolutely. Yeah. But perhaps we need to be... Also, on the topic of asteroids, if we go back, there is. There, I think NASA spends like a million dollars a year on asteroid mm. defences. Yeah. Asteroids have wiped out everyone ever, mm. all right? So mm. just, can we just... NASA, if you're watching, sort your shit out and put yeah. some money into the fucking asteroid defences. Yeah. Because if an asteroid's coming in and yeah. it's going to hit, we won't need to worry about climate change yeah. or Greta. You're right. <laughs> All right. All right. What do we got here? See, um, that's 
And you can get this off the NASA website, but that's <coughs> that's carbon. Okay. So it's going through the roof. Yep. And this is off the NASA website, so I just thought I'd mention it while. So it's just, all I took was some of the headings. So you, this is the science. You know, if you don't accept the science and if you are really, you know, some people, like I argue with people who believe the stuff that's on the coal websites. Is there scientists that disagree with other yeah. scientists about this? Yeah, it's really <coughs> important that in science to have disagreement. So down here it says, there's, well, extrapolating was it says that there's 3% of, of scientists who are disputing what the 97% okay, so, so who the, are saying that. The thing with that 3% yeah. number, and I've heard that before, mm. and I don't disagree with it. Yeah is that that's 3% who are happy to put their hand up and say that I disagree yeah. with that. Yeah. Perhaps there's more. Perhaps there's more. Perhaps there's less. Who knows? You know, I think that you've, if, you're, if you've got a, a viewpoint which is unpopular, you've got to have the courage to stand up and, and speak your mind. And it's really important. That's hard though. But mate. that people... ethic is in science. So the ethic of criticism. So people, scientists criticise each other a lot. Yeah. And that's the strength of science. And... You know, I, I, there's so much that you can easily <coughs> demonstrate with um, the, the global warming issues. So you can go up to the Great Barrier Reef and have a look for yourself. Don't be a dickhead like, um, like uh, what's her name? Clementine. Um, no, no, the oh. other <laughs> No, the politician. What's her name? Ah, Pauline. Pauline. Don't go to the south end of the bloody reef. Go, go up beyond Cairns and have a look at at what um, coral bleaching looks like. And it, like, I, I think, who are we going to trust if we're not going to trust the scientists? You know, are we going to trust the coal industry? I mean, that's ridiculous. They've got, a, you know, they've got money to burn to um, they have an politicians. Invested, they have a massive investment right. in, in coming to that, that term, yeah. that, that, uh, that, that uh, coming to terms with that sort of thing. That's what I'm trying yeah. to say. But so do you guys. Mate, I'm living in po poverty. I'm living. But I, this is your belief. I, this is. Yeah, your... I know, but I I get my my food from the the big bin at the back of the supermarkets because it, I'm saving money because I get four hundred and fifty dollars a week from the houses that I'm renting. Okay, so you know. <clears throat> I've got to find ways to. I'm trying to do crowdfunding, and it's it's a tough gig, you know. So, um, and I hate ringing up and asking people for money. So, if I'm and I'm committed to being an activist, and I'm really passionate about the environment, you know, I need to be able to raise funds through crowdfunding or something like Are that. Are you so. putting things online? Are you making YouTube videos? Uh, some, yeah, but mainly I'm at the moment. I'm mainly focused with. Uh, the banking situation with the banks. Okay, are you putting that information online? Yes, so I've got quite a strong presence there. But okay. the, the people that it affects, you know, th there's been terrible cases where the banks have just um, cleaned people out. So, you know, there was a farmer who was in his 80s and um, the ANZ bank said to him, we're, we've revalued your property, we've valued it at half as what it, what it was valued at, we want you to pay up now straight away or we'll kick you off the land off mm. your property and they kicked him off alan jones went cactus and channel nine as well ran some really good um docu well uh 
items on, on their situation. And in the end, ANZ gave the, him the farm back. But there are many thousands of farmers, many tens of thousands of people who've been totally screwed over by the banks. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's another disgusting, corrupt system. Mm. And in Australia, we have household debt, which is the second highest in the world. And, you know, we're really vulnerable to a second global financial crisis. So, um, you know, the, the world economy is weak. The Australian economy is weak. The Australian economy is in recession. It's in a per capita recession. It's not in a, an official recession, but economists are saying that it's in a per capital, capita recession. And the only way we're keeping it out of recession is by having such a high immigrant rate. So we've got 400, about 450 uh, migrants coming <clears throat> into the country. I think that was 2017 or 18. So it's really high immigration rate. So, um, you know, with, with the, the high household debt, Australia is really vulnerable. Um, you know, we escaped the first global financial crisis. It's going to be tough. You know, if, if we have another global financial shock, mm. it's going to be tough in Australia. Definitely. And it's, you know, we have, like in my lifetime, uh, my mother's lifetime, so she was born during just after the depression. So we've got no, no idea how how bad things could get. Mm. So, no, things can always get uh, terribly worse. Mm. Absolutely, mm. I, I'm I'm fascinated by all of this, and it's something that uh, I think we all need to know a little bit more about. But um, I mean, there's so much to cover in one episode. Yeah. But, but what I wanted to sort of suggest, well, yeah. first, no, you you got, go. what ask I was going to suggest, I wanted to ask if you've got anything mm. else you'd like to bring mm. up. Um, I know you've got a lot of uh, pieces of information here. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to bring up before we wrap uh, things up today? I don't know. Um, what I was going to say yeah, go on. was with the Extinction Rebellion, I just, I just feel like you've got a good message, but you're, yeah. you're, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Wouldn't it be better if... Every one of those activists, <clears throat> every one of those protesters did something positive yeah. for every single person yeah. they run into. Yeah. Look, we, we've done that. So, so look, I, I've been involved in conservation, so I've been involved in tree planting. Um, one of the things as an arborist I really tried to do, um, like I got interested in environmental issues and I started telling people that I wasn't going to cut down their tree. They'd say, give me a price to cut down this tree. And I'd say, no, I don't think you should cut that tree down because it's it's local habitat. You know, it was um, uh, perhaps, you know, supporting wildlife. Um, I'd look at trees around their whole property and I'd say, you know, maybe these trees here are shading the house in winter and you, you should have a look at them. So I tried to give them, you know, really good advice, both environmentally and what was going to work well on their property. And, you know, like, why, why doesn't the coal industry just say, look, we need to move out of coal. We'll start investing in something that's worthwhile, that's going to support the community. Not like Glencore that uh, rips off our, um, our minerals 
does its very best to try to avoid paying tax and um, doesn't give a shit about the community. Glencore's registered office is in Jersey, so it's a tax haven. That's disgusting. And I don't know why the government, you know, this is, we've been banging on about corporations ripping us off for, for you know, many years now. They're, they're letting these bastards get away with it. But they're not, they're not the only people that have got tax havens. No. So it's not just mining people. Close them down. Look, honestly, we, we had uh, the Rudd government were going to bring in a, a super profits tax. Sounds like a good idea to me. You know, Norway's got a, they tax and they control their, their oil really well. So it's a really wealthy country with a really wealthy um, uh, sovereign wealth fund. A so, super high tax rate, yeah? No, no. They, they don't need to have a high tax rate. They've got oil. Um, look, I, I don't know. I'm not a tax expert. But um, I know that each individual um, Norwegian has a million kroner in their sovereign wealth fund. And Tony Abbott, I reckon the most corrupt politician that we've ever had, campaigned against the super profits tax and <clears throat> you know these bastards have taken our wealth and we mm. we haven't got that much for it we've got a um, a bit of a sovereign wealth fund not as good as it could be could have been mm. i i think that a lot of uh, activists should be more like you willing to engage with people yeah because people who are yelling and screaming hysterically yeah. people don't take seriously yeah and from what I can tell, you're not one of those people. Mm. You think about these things logically and you think mm. about how it impacts other people, but you have a message and you have a yeah. belief and you have things that you want to do yeah. in this world. And I think that's a very positive thing. Uh, and I thank you for coming thanks. on. I really do appreciate uh, that. And, and and I'd just like to, just like to point out that I don't disagree with what uh, the message that Extinction Rebellion mm. is trying to put or the, the things they're trying to do. They're trying mm. to help people. I think the people that are involved and a lot of the people who are involved are in it for the wrong reasons. Mm. And I think that a lot yeah. of people are just there to just cause a disruption, be a part of something yeah. and it's popular. And that's that's fine. That's how movements start. And I get that. Yeah. But I just think there's better ways to go about it. And I think you, you agree yeah. as well. And I, I think that's mm. a positive step forward. Mm. And hopefully the Extinction Rebellion uh, faction on the Gold Coast don't go around blocking off mm. anyone's uh, roads mm. because everyone knows who's in charge. Well, look, you know, Extinction Rebellion, you know, we, we have a, a policy of civil disobedience because we, we believe that the, the situation is just so serious. And, you know, the, the Murdoch press casts us as all, all a pack of lefties, you know, and um, some of us are. But, uh, you know, I, I think that if we've got a problem in Australia, we need to come together and work on the problem. So, you know, <coughs> if we need to change um, the situation so that there's no, so that we're not polluting the environment, you know, hopefully Australians can come together. And, you know, the Murdoch press, I reckon, divides the community. It's not about working towards what the scientists say that we need to work towards. It's about dividing the community, looking after their corrupt mining mates. And, um, you know, I'm not a lefty. I'm pretty centre of the road, I think. And, uh, 
you know, some of my attitudes are quite conservative. Really? Yeah. Like what? Well, I've, you know, been in business all my life. There you go. And, you know, I'm a property investor. Sure. And I traded the stock market, you know, I was a speculator. So, I, I think I think that's the place to be, though, the middle of the road. Yeah. Take the best from both sides. Yeah, absolutely. Both have got good ideas. Yes, take both. But this this wanting to belong and needing to, mm. you know, take everything on board. It, yeah. I mean, even when you when you say um, we, when you refer mm. to as Extinction Rebellion, we yeah. say this, we say that. that, that mm. that's, I think that for you, perhaps not so much of an issue, mm. you're, you're, you're a person that's been involved in a lot of businesses, you know yeah. that you can make your own sort of decisions. But for a younger person, Extinction Rebellion say this, mm. then okay, they're the leaders. I believe that now. Look, I reckon you want to get on some of these school kids because they can <coughs> articulate their position really well. And I think that they've thought about it. And I think that Greta's thought about it. You know, like, you know, it just w- was the problem of our age and, you know, she wanted to do something about it. So, the, you know, the, there's a lot of the, the school kids, you know, give speeches at uh, events. And, you know, I think that they, you know, I've spoken to them and they can, I, I think, you know, on any topic, a young person can of course. articulate fairly young well. Like, stupid. Uh, well, at I've, 16, you yeah, know. Of course. Yeah. You're an adult. Yeah. You're, you're pretty much an adult. Mm. But with Greta, I feel like, she now is a part of uh, this movement and she's mm. perhaps one of the leaders of the movement. Yeah. But earlier on in her life, I think she was very much uh, indoctrinated into it by her parents. Well, the, the scientific information, I mean, it's just the science, you know. Um, like, and, I and I, but, but in, and by indoctrinated, mm. I don't mean mm. in a negative sense. I mean, mm. it, she is given this, she's force fed it, whether it's true or not. Yeah. It's like a religion. You're force yeah. fed it. Now it becomes your life. Yeah. And I worry about that for kids. Like when she's, you know, she's saying, we need to, how dare you and watch out and we need to do this and that. Otherwise, we're all going to die. This, this terrifying yeah. nature. I think when people are scared, they don't act straight away. I think mm. they act. They act in a way where it's self-preservation. Yeah. Or maybe they push it away. They hide from it. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of that, yeah. Mm. I don't know. Mm. But thank you for coming on. I really do no appreciate worries. it. No worries. That's great. So, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so yeah. much. Thanks, Isaac. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. If you haven't already, check out our Clips channel if you want to digest these videos in a shorter amount of time. Perhaps you're visiting the bathroom or catching up with your mates. I don't know. You're in the car. You listen to it. Fantastic stuff. Make sure you check us out on Spotify and iTunes as well. And we'll be back here next week with another episode. Connor, have you... Uh... I'm on tour. Come and check me out. We've only got a few chefs, uh, shows left before the end of the year. Some big ones in Sydney and there's a massive one happening on the Gold Coast, Brisbane. Oh, I'm absolutely everywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, be a good motherfucker. Peace in the Middle East. Me dick stinks. I'll see you all very soon. Toodle it. Bye. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.